0: Hello, beautiful people. Today I have a conversation with Dr. Alexandra Stockwell, who is a doctor turned into a relationship therapist. This conversation is really incredible and transformative for me. I imagine that the useful tips that Alexandra shares with me will significantly help you if you are struggling with the same thing that I am, which is I have absolutely no idea what I want. Enjoy, beautiful people. Hello,
1: I'm Alexandra Stockwell. I am a physician turned relationship and intimacy expert, and I specialize in showing couples how to build beautiful, stable, passionate relationships. There's actually so much I could say about me, but I think I'm gonna leave it right there.
0: How did you transition into this career and what made you shift?
1: Well, I, let's see. I have always been fascinated by people and it was a natural thing for me to, I actually majored in philosophy in college and then I went to medical school and I practiced family medicine for a while. And when I was in my mid thirties, I had paid off my medical school loans. I was married. I had three of my four children and I had my own small holistic medical practice outside of Boston. And there were so many ways in which I thought, okay, I have arrived. I have been working really hard for many years, college, medical school, residency training, building the practice. And I thought I would have had some sense of having really arrived. I have worked so hard. Now I have four decades to enjoy the fruits of this focused, driven attention. But I didn't actually feel that way. I felt kind of, I I didn't know exactly how to express it at the time. And I've had people say, oh, well, were you burnt out? And it's like, no, I was not burnt out. I was responding at the level to something that was the level of a whisper. I just knew that I didn't feel fully alive. I liked practicing medicine. I have a lot of gratification and caring for my family, but there was a way in which I wasn't really honoring myself. And I couldn't have even said that. I didn't even know what that would have looked like or meant. But inside, I just knew. It was um it was definitely not passionate for me how I felt about my life and so having been so focused towards my goals and accomplishments I took a sabbatical and for the first time I didn't have an agenda it's like well now what And I gave myself permission to play and explore, and I never went back. And one of the things that I explored was I, for my own purposes, for the sake of my own marriage, I've now been married for 24 years. We have four children. We have an absolutely incredible relationship. But that wasn't true then, although we got along, we had what I call a conflict-free, passion-free relationship, as many people do. And so for my own sake, to heat up my own marriage, I participated in a training which happened to double as a training for coaches. But I didn't even really know what a coach was at that point other than for athletics. And I went because I wanted to have more pleasure, more erotic aliveness, more emotional and sensual intimacy with my husband. Mm -hmm. But when I was in this training for myself, I was like, oh, this allows me to do everything I wanted to do in medicine with so much more freedom and direct impact. And I've been relationship coaching ever since.
0: Wow. So what was that coaching experience like the first time that you went? It was an immediate shift and did your relationship immediately get better when you got back?
1: Oh, okay. Well, I thought you were asking one question first, which I am going to answer and then I'll Uh answer the question you are actually asking. So when I first coached, one of the things that was really, actually, it's kind of the same question in how I'm answering it, because I coached, and for me, I was very comfortable interacting one-on-one, discussing intimate topics. The other people in the training had never done anything like that, but I've been practicing medicine. I've touched people everywhere, and that wasn't awkward for me. But when I got the feedback from the classmate I was practicing with, She said, you seem kind of disconnected. And I was asking questions in order to know what was happening. I was making my assessment and plan. That was my training as a physician that I brought into this context. And I realized that, oh, the way I was trained as a physician to hold back my own personality, my own desires, sometimes my sense of humor... To be a professional, singularly focused on the patient's experience, which is appropriate in medicine, had come, it meant a lot of sacrifice to me. And I actually moved through all of my life that way, including my marriage, where in my family life, it was easy to see what my husband needed, what my children needed, but I never really put the attention on my own experience. And so through coaching, yes, I have helped hundreds and hundreds of individuals and couples, but I also have really healed myself and become a much more integrated, present woman where even as we're speaking, yes, I'm listening. I'm thinking of the audience and all of you listening and wanting to say something that speaks to you. And I am also very much in my own experience paying attention to what's happening in my body and in my mind and in my heart. And through learning to coach well, I learned to do that and have actually now trained many coaches as well. And I brought that home to my marriage because I would say, No, it's not that like I did this training and after one, well, it was a long training, but it wasn't after like the first in-person weekend I came home and we've been having incredible sex ever since. No, we do have extraordinary sex, but it wasn't this instant change. But what was an instant change was first... Just becoming aware about how much of my own experience I had put aside and learning to bring that back into the conversation. And so that's true while you and I are speaking now. It's true while I'm speaking with my husband. It's true while we're making out. And it's true while we're having sex that what I learned in transitioning from medicine to coaching. I also simultaneously learned in terms of what kind of a woman I am, whether I'm being um, just nurturing and putting everyone else's experience above my own or learning to really include my own experience, which makes for much juicier living.
0: Oh, that makes me feel so happy. And it really is interesting that you had put yourself aside for so long and then to finally come back, I feel very inspired by that as well. I have a question. In your relationship coaching, do you notice an issue that arises in most couples that's different between the females and the males? Is there a consistent theme with the issues that arise?
1: The answer is yes, but I always sort of am hesitant to say so because I really want to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I do believe all ways of self-expression are possible for all people. And yet, whether it's conditioning or habit or you know whatever it is, I definitely experience patterns. And it also has to do with who comes to work with me. I don't know that this is necessarily true across the board. So, with that caveat, I'll answer Mm -hmm. that I work with both individuals and couples, including many ambitious women, competent, driven, well educated, and what I see most often is that this combination that women have of putting other people's needs ahead of their own, coupled with wanting things done their way and believing they know how things should happen. It means that, let me think of the best way to express this. When you think you know what someone else should do, that is a block to intimacy. When you feel like you're willing to do the work, but your man isn't, the first place that I put attention is for her to open to perceive her partner differently. Like very often women come in really clear about what their partner isn't doing right and how that is frustrating and unsatisfying. And I think they think because I'm skillful and I absolutely help people dramatically transform and improve their relationships, whether it's from really challenging to good or good to absolutely fantastic. Like people can count on that with me. And I think couples come in and the woman, and if it's a heteronormative couple, she assumes I'm going to really show her guy how to show up. Mm. And actually the first step is teaching her to be true to herself, not sacrifice anything that matters to her, but soften and open to perceive him differently because that is the beginning of things really opening up.
0: For relationships in the beginning, if someone is struggling to not find connection, but are attracted to the wrong people, are you able to help people navigate through maybe what those cycles could be that are leading them to this constant pattern of unlearned lessons?
1: Yeah, so let's get into it. Give me a specific, like, so either you or someone you know is attracted to what kind of person who is actually like the wrong kind of guy. Let's get really specific about it. Okay. So
0: I, we're going to get very specific. I, okay. I am attracted to guys that are a little, are 90% emotionally unavailable I want someone who's extremely artsy and out there, but also I can't figure out if I am also attracted to the guy who's very stable and rock solid. So I, it's just figuring it out what I want. And as a result of me not knowing what I want, when someone wants me, I will completely push them away. And when someone doesn't want me, I want them more. And I want to get closer.
1: Okay. You were very articulate. That is the state of this. Like that is many women's experience. So let's unpack it. There are a few different directions to go in. Mm-hmm. First of all, anytime you think it's the wrong kind of guy, even if there's lots of chemistry, mm-hmm. there's a judgment there. And it's usually a judgment towards yourself. Like I'm the kind of woman who shouldn't be with X, Y, Z, or I'm the kind of woman who should be treated in a particular way. Like there's a way in which there's a disagreement between what your mind thinks you should have and what your heart and your genitals are responding to. So Rather than like making some part of you wrong, the first step is just to honor that okay, when when someone is doesn't meet your mind's criteria, you still can feel pretty hot about them. And that's okay. Like there, there's a basic level of compassion which Sometimes I don't even speak about it. I just convey it. Mm -hmm. And that is helpful. Like for you to know that you get to be right where you are in your relationship journey. There is nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with any particular guy moving through life the way he does it's more like, what do you want to make that mean? And how do you want to make this work for you rather than causing pain? So I'm, I'm not really, I'm, I'm trying to convey a feeling with what mm. I'm saying that, that I, I really love this idea of the second arrow, which is you can feel badly about something. That's like the first arrow that, you know, plunges into your heart when you're hurt by someone, let's say, you know, a man does something and it hurts you. Then, you know, that's the first arrow in your heart. And the second arrow is all of the ways that you judge that and make yourself wrong. And like, you shouldn't have that experience and you shouldn't have done this and you should have known. And why did you go out with, like, there's a way that the first step is just to stop beating yourself up for being in the situation that you're in, because that creates more harm. Does, does that make sense what I'm saying to you? Yeah, it does make sense. And I don't think in general we're in the habit of being kind to ourselves when we make bad choices in relationships or we're attracted to someone that we don't really truly want to be with. So that's the first step is to start taking out that second arrow and noticing when in your mind you're upset with yourself for the reality being what it is. Okay. Now, the next step is, these are not sequential. That could be the second step or the first step, whatever. But Uh another step is to Slow down, get quiet, and give yourself enough internal space to identify what you actually desire. Mm -hmm. And that is not so easy to do if you're in a lot of relationship experiences which don't feel like what you want, except a little bit.
0: Really good point. That's a really, really, wow. Especially if I'm taking a piece of it and feeling like it will change or transform. Yes, and
1: one of the ways to change or transform this pattern Uh is to really discover what you desire, and there are ways of doing that. I actually have a course, it's just $33, it's called Desired, Awaken the Woman Within – and it's just three days of how to how to know what you want. And actually day one is how to know what you want. Day two is how to make friends with your desires because so often we're like, I can't want that or that's never going to work or I'll never have that or whatever, like to work through the negative reaction to our desires. And then day three is how to ask for it in a way that will, have people want to give it to you. So most women may know, like you may know what style clothes you want or what kind of career you want, or like there's certain, what kind, what you want for dinner. Like there's certain areas that often a woman has a lot more comfort knowing what she wants. But when it comes to how you want to be treated and what you want to experience, and how you want to feel. The whole thing with desires is that we want something other than what we have, which means it's kind of cutting edge and confronting, and we have to open enough to allow ourselves to want something else, which of course risks feeling disappointed. it It's the whole internal journey, which has nothing to do with the guy. hmm but if you let's let's continue your generous to share what is something that you want in a relationship that you're not currently experiencing
0: okay so i feel like whenever i have conversations with anyone about this i have absolutely no idea what i want all i know is that I'm a very open human being and I'm very passionate about discovering who I am through yoga, through meditation, that I am not sure if my partner needs to be as awake in this dimension as I am. And if I need this in my partner, I'm not sure because I haven't ever been at this level of awakening yet. So even if I were to meet someone as awake as I am, I don't know if I would push them away because of the comfort that I have in the past in the cycles. Maybe my subconscious is pushing out the awake people and just coincidentally, the people that I feel are awake don't want to be with me. So it's this weird two years of self-discovery and also understanding that when it comes to relationships, I have no idea, but I do know that I want someone to be able to hike with. I want to be able to be open with, and then I'll start reading these books. And then it's like, Okay, well, with the man, you have to act like this. With the man, don't talk about this in all of these books. And I'm like, all right, so. Okay, well, my suggestion is to throw those books away. Yeah. I'm like, how but, can I shield myself?
1: Well, when I hear what you're saying, what I actually hear you wanting is clarity. Totally. So let's go with that. When you desire clarity about what you want in a relationship and you imagine having it, how do you feel?
0: Relieved.
1: So you can look at like, What thoughts come into your head, how your body feels, what your attention is on when you feel relieved because you have clarity about what you're looking for in a relationship. And I'm deliberately doing this. So, anyone listening, like when you identify what you desire, whether it's clarity or something else, you can do the same thing and evoke what it is that you desire. And in a way, pretend you have it, like visualize, imagine, let yourself feel it like you did so beautifully in saying you feel relieved. That was such a different energy than how you talked about when you're in conversations and you just don't know. So just to recap, you identify what you desire. You imagine what it will feel like to have it. And now move through your day with that feeling because you can have that feeling of what it's like to have clarity before you actually have clarity. And if you move through your day feeling the way you'll feel when you have clarity about what you want, your interactions will be different and you're likely to end up feeling more clear. And when you're interacting with a guy, you'll recognize if you had clarity about what you want in a relationship is the way that he's speaking to me, would that be okay or not? Like you can... know what you desire, feel as though you have it, and then use that to assess your experiences and your interactions. Like if you knew you had clarity, would you dress differently in the morning? The answer might be no, but it might be yes. And it really depends on what your desire is. If, if, for example, you desire to feel beautiful, well, maybe you dress differently in the morning and you can already move through your day feeling that way, or you desire to be cherished, or you desire to laugh a lot with your partner, like whatever desire you have, you can move through your day with the feeling that you get when you have that desire met. And that just opens up but completely, it, it opens up more to more experiences that you don't have access to if you're moving through the world clear that you just don't know what you want in a relationship.
0: Right. How do I figure out my desires? Do your three-day course?
1: Well, you could certainly do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you... Um, I mean, I'd love for people to get it. You can go to my website, alexandrastockwell.com and um, order it from there. But I'll just give you the cliff notes from day one. And that is to every day, write down a desire list. And this sounds so simple and it isn't. (laughs) It just isn't. The areas that you already know your desires, it's simple enough, and by all means, write those down, and they can be the same tomorrow, because you could do this every day, or they can be different. But if you just sit down in the context of this conversation to write what you want in a relationship, it will come, and you can start simply. Like, I desire to be able to bring my artsy self and experience stability. Mm. I desire someone who wants to hike with me. Mm -hmm. That's enough for day one. Because it, it really is like going to the gym and building your muscles. We obviously don't anatomically have a muscle for desires, but... Just imagine we do, and you just need to use it Uh in order to become more comfortable. So for me, when I first encountered the importance of desire, I was like, I don't know what I want. I don't know how I like my coffee. I don't know if I want chicken or fish. Like, (laughs) in fact, I remember this funny story. I was in sixth grade and I was staying I had slept over at a friend's house and her mother asked me what I wanted for lunch. Cause she was packing my school lunch to take the next day. And I said, you know, whatever's easiest for you. And she said, no, but I want to give you what you want. What do you want? She's like, and I said, whatever's easiest for you. And she got mad at me, which I'm, I was like, shocked because I thought I was being nice. I was being polite, whatever is easiest for you. But she got mad at me and I was mortified. And I am so grateful because I learned so much because she just got mad. She said, just tell me what you want. And mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you have? And she said, I have roast beef and ham. <laughs> and I said, okay, I want roast beef. And I just picked one And ever since then, anytime somebody asks me what I want, I'm able to just answer right away because I don't want to cause the inconvenience for the other person to not have an answer. So if I look at a menu, I'm like, okay, I'll take that because of what happened to me in sixth grade at that sleepover. Mm -hmm. But when I really encountered desire and wanting to answer out of myself, not just to make someone else feel comfortable that I had an answer. I had no idea what I wanted. It was a total, I felt like I was supposed to be fluent in Swahili. It was so foreign for me. And I do not speak Swahili, just to be Uh clear. (laughs) It's like, what do I want? That just is not the question that I was asking myself. I would ask like, what would be convenient? What would be inexpensive? What would be fast? What would be... What would work for every, but like, what do I desire? I'd like a cup of tea with breakfast. You can start so simple and end up, I'd like a month in Paris or whatever it might be. And sometimes it's actually easy to say, really big. Desires that feel completely out of reach. Like I'd like to go to the moon
0: or something like that. Amazing, consistent sex every day with someone that also goes hiking with me and also has a good job, but loves his job.
1: Great. When you write that down every day, you may end up adjusting it. You may add to it. That may be complete and exactly what you write down every day for a week, but there is something in writing it down, Mm -hmm. taking the time to actually honor it, that you will get to know yourself in new ways. And so, yes, what you originally said about being attracted to emotionally unavailable men, we could have gone into what is called trauma bonding, where if you have had an experience that wasn't positive, and then you look for someone who's going to give that experience to you again, and I definitely do do that work of untwisting it, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to go in this direction so that anyone listening would have a tool that you can use starting right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's such an important tool. And you know, it is so true that I was kind of, I was neglect- neglecting my desires because I felt that I didn't have a resource to figure it out. So I was pushing everyone away. And because I don't know what I want. So I'd rather not have you at all. Or Yes. And if oh. you
1: really honor your desire, then someone may show up who maybe wants to have amazing sex every day and loves to hike, but doesn't have a stable job right now. And those being the three things you said you wanted. And then you can ask yourself, well, do I want to go out with him and see, or do I really desire that stable job and there's no point in pursuing it? Like there's no rule. You, it. This is not encouragement to become a perfectionist. This is encouragement to get in touch with your desire and dance with it and be flexible about it and see what happens find out what which desires are the most important and which are things to grow into and hope for in the future
0: how do you how can i figure out which ones i can be more flexible about through experience
1: okay this is such a good question i'm so glad you asked it So let's go back to what I said before when I asked you what you want in relationships and you said, well, I have no idea. And you said a bunch of other things. And I said, well, actually, it sounds like what you desire is clarity. Mm -hmm. And then I said to you, if you had clarity, how would you feel? And I can see you, your shoulders relaxed there's like more light shining out of your face, Uh your facial muscles softened, you're smiling and you say, I'd feel so relieved. So your reference point is not what's on that list. Your reference point is whether you feel relieved. So if you're, approached or you meet some guy who has six of the 10 criteria, Mm -hmm. you could either imagine or actually go out once and see if you go into that date with that relieved feeling, can you sustain it with him? Or is he so like devoted to being (laughs) anti-patriarchal, anti-capitalism, anti-all kinds of systems, and he never wants to have more than $30 in his bank account on principle, do you still feel relieved? If you do, then maybe a stable job is something you can be flexible about if when he talks about being so anti-capitalist and wanting to just donate everything to charity and live in a commune with like off the grid with no bank account and you hear that and you think it's charming and he's super fun to be with and you'd like to make out with him but the idea of having that conversation again just you get tight and like makes your skin crawl well make out with him if you want to but clearly that is not going to be the beginning of a relationship that works for you Mm -hmm. so what i'm really saying is like pay attention to your feeling and don't let some idea tell you it's not going to work And don't let some idea tell you it is going to work. It's also true that you might meet someone who loves to hike, totally wants to have sex every day, and has a stable job. But when you're with him, you don't feel that beautiful, relieved feeling that you very rapidly evoked earlier. And then maybe there's something else that belongs on your desire list that you will learn through spending time with someone who meets the criteria, but you don't get to feel that delicious feeling.
0: Mm. Do you have advice for distinguishing? So if there's a moment that I'll push away from someone, how can I distinguish if that's me responding out of building a wall or me responding because I understand that I'm not feeling that clarity feeling.
1: Okay. I'm going to tell you the advanced level answer. Mm -hmm. This is not the beginner level answer. The advanced level answer is to be honest and vulnerable without blame and without even asking him to do or be anything just to hear what your actual experience is. So for example, let's say you're the guy and I'm you. Uh I might say, this is not about you. I'm not asking you to change anything. I just want to share what's arising for me. That there's a part of me that wants to put up a wall that usually has in the past. And there's another part of me that feels a little murky because there might be something really special here. And I don't know if the wall is going up because it's a habit and what we could have together is really special or the wall is coming up because I genuinely feel a need for protection and I'm not actually asking you to change anything about who you are. I just know that if there's any possibility of a future, I need to be able to cleanly share how I feel. Yeah. Because what makes a great relationship is not checking boxes. Mm-hmm. What makes a great relationship? is being able to genuinely yourself honor your experience and when you choose to share it with your partner. So who you're with has nothing to do with whether or not you're honoring your own experience. We talked about that earlier. That's where your desires come in. That's you honoring your experience, but whether he has a stable job, whether he likes to hike, whether you have great sex every day or not, none of that matters for a lot. La- I mean, that matters for a one night stand or a few months of dating, but none of that matters for a long, passionate relationship. If you have that, but you don't in yourself, and with him, have the ability to share what your experience is. If you can't actually connect with and bring your experience to the relationship, the sex will not be fantastic every day. It will start to dry up and feel stale because you can't bring yourself, all of yourself to it. hmm
0: Wow, Dr. Stockwell, you are amazing. <laughs> You're really incredible. Oh, I would love to have you back on my podcast. I how can people find you? I hope everyone finds you and connects with you. I feel so grateful.
1: Well, I have to tell you like before we started recording you're like, is there a particular topic? And I'm like, no, I just want to respond to the actual genuine questions you have. And I am so glad I opted for that because you have made this so real and that is so much more fun and valuable. So I really want to honor you for how you've done this interview. It's been really fun for me. Um, Yeah. Okay. Anyone, if you'd like to work with me, if you're single, you're, Married, you're wanting to be in a relationship, you're wanting to get out of a relationship, you can find me at alexandrastockwell.com. And there's a bunch of information there and different things I offer. And I also want to remind you you can get the desired course. It's just $33. And I've written a book. It's called Uncompromising Intimacy. It's on Amazon. It's also on Audible. And if you have enjoyed listening to this conversation, I think you'll get a great deal from the book. It is about married couples, but all the same principles apply because any great relationship really begins with our relationship with ourself. And that's relevant for anyone at any stage, in any context. Thank you so
0: much.